Hey everybody, welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, looking for my good buddy, Seth Robinson. Seth. Hey, what's new with you? Ah, let's see. It's September. That's something yeah. new. Yeah. Some people herald this as the end of summer. I, I sort of don't because technically it isn't, but, and around here it tends to be warm in, in September, but still feel a little nip in the air in the morning. So, you know, feels like a change in seasons a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, kids are back to school for me, for you too? Or is... Well, the one who's still in school is back to college. Yeah, she's a junior. She left last weekend. So it was her first week of classes. I've gotten the daily rundown this week of each class as they've gone, but expect after this week she'll settle in. But yeah, but no kids and live in the house went back to school. So that part yeah. of my life, that part of my life is over. I, uh, you, you hear from your college kid a lot more often than I hear from mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> I get nothing. So nothing. Well, I don't know what's worse to be honest. I, yeah, I know. I think, I feel like there's a happy medium. I, Cause I, yeah, I don't want to hear too much, um, but uh, yeah, I get nothing at all. So yeah, the total chill. radio silence can be unnerving, but yeah. um, but the everyday multiple texts uh, can also be annoying. So I hope my daughter isn't listening. Love you, Grace. Love <laughs> you. Keep calling. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Well, moving right along, uh, our topic for today is one that I don't think we've talked about specifically on Volley for a little while, but it's always kind of a common thread through everything that we're talking about, and that's what's going on in the small and medium business space. Um, I remember when I started at CompTIA and the first time I was looking kind of at the SMB sector and I looked at some of the stats, you know, and it's like 99.8 or 99.9 .9 of all people in the U.S. work for an SMB. And I'm looking like right at the government website and I'm thinking that can't be right. You know, that seems like way out of whack. But I mean, that's the reality. And I think a lot of people yeah. are kind of in the same boat as I am of not recognizing Yep. How much of the U.S. economy and workforce are in small and mid-sized businesses? So yeah. well, that's really important you came from IBM. Yeah, yeah, right. I just thought the whole world looked like you know what I was used to. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a really important sector, and we often look at exactly how this sector is thinking about technology, mm -hmm. and especially purchasing technology. Uh, and so you just conducted some new research. So why don't you let us know what you found? Indeed. And, you know, you're, you're spot on about, you know, how many people do work for SMBs and how little awareness there probably was to the fact that the economy is so completely dependent upon this um, sector. I har it's hard to even call it a sector because it's really the economy. But I think the pandemic shined a light on that because small businesses were very much impacted by maybe more so than larger businesses by the uh, pandemic. And um, and I think it shined a light on the fact that it's so important to the economy and the workings of the economy. But, yeah, we've got great new data um, to take a look at here. Uh, you know, I thought I'd just start talking a little bit um, from a high level about, you know, we asked sort of the questions of, you know, how are you feeling about your business? How is it? Um, how would you rate it in terms of its health right now and how it's doing? And I tried to look at what people said last year and and what they're saying this year and, and do a comparison. Um Last year, uh, folks were a little more negative, and that's not surprising to me. Um, we were kind of still in the throes of the pandemic at its worst, and 
um, a lot of companies, especially especially small businesses, uh, were hit with a lot of issues between you know moving to remote work, between supply chain issues, between uh, people be not going out anymore. So if you're in the small business sector, that's you know hospitality, for instance, you know you took a hit and that was tough. This year there was some more optimism. So I'm looking at the data this year, and more of our respondents said that they, their company was doing well. Uh, they were generating more revenue. They were more profitable this year, and fewer said that they were struggling. Um, again, not radical shifts, but um, but in light of the fact that some of the economic news, or at least the headlines, of course, this summer have not been great, I found that to be fairly encouraging. At least, if nothing else, people are you know keeping a good attitude. Yeah, I I think that is super interesting, right? Like yeah. like you said, all summer we've been hearing about how bad things are, um, mm -hmm. and. And I think partly as the news has kept coming, I think that's maybe started to lean towards us being a little bit more confusing. Like, well, we've got these bad signals, but we've got these good signals. We really don't know what to make of it. But generally we get painted this negative picture and then we go out and collect our data and we see this kind of boost in optimism, which I think we would expect coming out of the pandemic, but we wouldn't expect after going through the summer and high inflation and all of these things. I don't know if you ever read Derek Thompson or listen to his podcast, uh, Plain English. He writes for The Atlantic. And yeah. he kind of has the same viewpoint where like the data that he's seeing and the data that he's collected, it, it's kind of this phenomenon of everyone thinks that everything's horrible, but I'm doing fine. Like the overall <laughs> economy is in trash and the political situation, whatever. But like my personal situation is good. My company is doing well. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's the type of thing that we see. And I think that's reflected in the data that you collected. I think it is. I think that people do see, you know, their, their opinions of how things are going are seen through the lens of the, of the personal and the, and, and the local. You know, it's kind of goes back a little bit. I can extend it to politics, but all politics is local. Local, well, all attitudes about the economy tend to be local, too, and, and how well you are doing. And there's also an aspirational kind of aspect to it. It's like you, you want to believe that you're doing OK. And we've seen that in our data it tends to lean when you ask those kinds of questions about how well are you doing? And, and how poorly are you doing? It does always tend to lean a little bit more optimistic than maybe it is. Um, and that's human nature, I think. But when we took a look at some of the things in the study about, you know, what keeps you up at night, you know, so, so what are some of the concerns that you have, regardless of where you think that your company's is right now? And they're all those headlines. They're all the macroeconomic things that we're just talking about. Inflation's the number one thing. Inflation, if it continues. And I think inflation for small companies can be a particular pain point. Um, you know, because if you run a restaurant, for instance, all those little things, you know, buying, you know, cups and paper towels and all the supplies that you need just to keep your small business running. Um, if they all inch up, you know, a few cents uh, on the dollar, um, that adds up big time. And then you have to pass the cost on to your customers. You don't want to do that when your menu prices go up. So so those things do matter. So inflation was top of mind. The potential for a recession was top of mind. But again, these are all the headlines from this summer. Um, the only thing really in the top five of concerns was that wasn't related to the macro and economic geopolitical economy was um, the difficulty in hiring for the right skills. Uh, and I take that as positive. That means they're hiring, first of all. So if they see that as an issue, um, that means they haven't put the brakes on hiring. They're not laying people off. They're actually looking for people and they're looking for people with the right skills. Um, so I think that's that's a good sign. The other stuff. You don't have a lot of control over that. So, you know, you know, the advice, you know, that I would give and I think CompTIA gives is to, you know, focus on the things you can control within your business. 
Um, and I think there have been a lot of lessons learned in the pandemic, you know, to, to kind of build up your cash reserves, make sure that, you know, in the case of another emergency that you're better, you know, you're better prepared, um, you know, find newer suppliers um, so that you aren't relying on just one if the supply chain goes, you know, goes bunk on you and that sort of thing. And those little things within your business you can control. The big macro stuff is out of your hands. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. You know, the whole time throughout the pandemic and coming out of it, we've talked about flexibility and resiliency. Those are the two qualities I think that most businesses have wanted to double down on. And I think especially businesses on the SMB side that are much more susceptible to some of these fluctuations in the economy or whatever. And so even though they're they're feeling good and, and maybe seeing some of the, you know, their foot traffic come back or whatever it might be, they probably have in the back of their mind, well, I need to continue thinking about resiliency. I need to keep kind of building up either reserves or maybe be changing my technical architecture so that it gives me a little bit more flexibility and resiliency. And so even though all these companies that we surveyed are not technology companies, I think we surveyed across all different industries. The technology, I think, is the, the thing that they're going to be looking to uh, as the solution to all of these concerns that, that we have, like you said, they're out of their control. And so how do they gain some degree of control over them? There could be financial measures, but I think there are going to be a lot of technical measures as well, whether that's more of a move to cloud computing, uh, a harder look at cybersecurity, which we're going to be talking about a lot in a month or so. Um, those types of things, I think, are, are really going to weigh into future planning and future strategy. Yeah, you know what's what's interesting when we talk about technology and the wish lists and the things that companies are spending on. We did see a shift between last year and this year that I think really underscores your point here is that companies are thinking, you know, need to think about technology as a way to um, to grow their business, as a way to overcome some of these susceptibilities, like you said, to macroeconomic conditions. And and last year and and in the previous year, uh, we saw that most of the spending and most of where they thought the spending should be was on infrastructure. It was on, you know, um, you know, upgrading staff devices and laptops. And that's where they wanted their tech budget to be going to, to spending on collaboration tools and, and you know, and applications and software that help them um, do things virtually like we're doing right now. So Zoom and you name it and all of the, you know, all the things that went into the huge move to remote work. So getting your workers outfitted, it was very nuts and bolts types of uh, technology purchases and acquisitions that were being made. And this year, we saw a shift to the number one thing that the, our respondents said that they were um, either spending on or wanted to be spending on was getting back to innovation, getting back to spending on technologies that were going to help to uh, going to push the envelope within their organization, help them with new projects, help them with something that was going to improve their customer experience or whatever it happens to be. But thinking more on the revenue generation um, end of things, as opposed to um, you know tidying up in-house their infrastructure, they got that taken care of. That happened during the pandemic, and now we see, at least in this data, a return to thinking more about how you're going to be able to grow your business with technology, which I think is really a good sign. Yeah, and, and beyond feeling like it's taken care of, I think that's just another signal that they don't think that you know the situation is dire right now. You know that they don't need to keep like 
you know, putting cans in the pantry and that type of thing, right? <laughs> you know, building the bunker. Yes. <laughs> they're, they're able to think about, and they feel like it's okay for them to think about, you know, new things. So I think, you know, we've got the data that sort of tracks their sentiment, but I think their actions and their behaviors in where they want to spend on technology really reflect uh, that sentiment and, and really kind of underline how they're feeling. So this is a trend that we've seen all the way back, you know, into uh, our Outlook study from last year, you know, year over year, you know, at the end of 2020, a lot of companies were saying, you know, I'm hunkered down, I, I need to keep the lights on. And at the end of 2021, you know, heading into this year, they were saying, okay, I'm getting back to innovation, back to emerging technology, back to digital transformation. Um, mm -hmm. And there have been a lot of lessons learned, I think, that go into that. But, but more than anything, it just sort of feels like we're back on the track that we were on in like 2019. Uh, and a lot of companies are looking at this and, and that kind of opens up the door to all the old questions that we had in 2019 about like, how much investment should you be making? Because, you know, especially for so many of these very small companies, the technology budget probably isn't huge. Yeah. And now if they need to compete in today's environment, they need to be spending more on technology than they have in the past. Uh, and that's probably a big challenge for them uh, to, to kind of know with my very limited dollars, where are the very best spots to spend that money? Yeah, it's interesting. We ask, you know, for sort of the perceptions or attitudes about um, about your tech budget. You know, do you think it's too low, too high, or just about right? Most of the small, most of the respondents this year said they thought it was about right. You know, there are all be there. You know, there are always going to be people in the bucket like it's too low. We need to spend more money, but it wasn't as high as I thought. And maybe it's sort of people just kind of, you know living in reality, I guess, so to speak, um, or in post pandemic shock or something. And it's like, okay, we've got this amount of money we're spending on, on technology. I'm not going to ask for any more right now, but there seemed to be a level of satisfaction, uh, with, with the budgets. Um, but you mentioned emerging tech and, you know, we've talked about emerging tech and what that means. Um, and we can, break that down <laughs> forever in a day. Um, but we, we asked them specifically about, you know, thinking forwardly, you know, what do you think about emerging tech and are you spending on that? And the, the small business respondents were, you know, they were pretty bullish on it. Yes, we're spending on it. Yes, we are interested in it. Yes, we think the benefits would be of, you know, we can fill in the blank, the various emerging technologies that, or the enabling technologies that will help them get to the next level with digitalization. They think, yes, it'll make us more productive, more innovative. But one of the key points I wanted to tease out with emerging tech was that a large number of them said that it's still too early to tell what the benefits are going to be. And I liken that to when you and I have been studying cloud computing now forever in a day. But there was a huge level of enthusiasm for cloud computing in some of our first studies everyone was jumping in and this was on um, more or less the channel companies that we talked to and they were all diving in full full on or at least they said they were and then uh two years later a year three years later when we asked them again they'd all kind of like pulled the brakes a little bit and um reason being they jumped in too fast and realized hmm, maybe we don't really know what we're doing here or we don't really know what the benefits are the what the roi is whatever it is i think we're seeing a little bit of that in this data and i may be over over interpreting that but that's kind of the way I see it when a large chunk of them, despite enthusiasm for emerging technology and despite spending on it, still said it's too early, early to tell what the benefit's going to be. Yeah, no, I think you're you're right. I, I think that the other layer that I feel is there when it comes to emerging technology is with cloud computing, 
there was a little bit of education that happened, right? So a lot of companies were like, yep, we're all about it. We're getting into it. We are already doing it. And then as they found out more about what cloud computing meant and what it meant to actually migrate a system into a public cloud provider or whatever, they said, oh, no, we're not actually doing those things. We need to kind of, you know, step back and figure out exactly what that means. I feel like with emerging technology, it's not so much that they understand, oh, this is what IoT looks like, or this is what AI looks like. I think there's still a degree of confusion there about like, I don't know what it means to adopt IoT. And I think we're having a lot of those discussions, you know, internally where we're, we're seeing so much struggle with there's this technology. And like you said, it's an enabling technology. And so th does that enabling technology itself actually get adopted or are there products that are getting adopted that have, you know, some of those technology components in them. And I, I think that's the way the discussion is going to go. And, and, and maybe there's a different way of framing it than saying, like, are you getting into emerging technology? Maybe it's a whole process around evaluating technology, evaluating technology pro products, and then bringing them into the organization. And if there are skill gaps there that you need to close then you identify those skill gaps, but um, it, it's less so about having a discussion around a technology trend like artificial intelligence or blockchain or whatever, but it's kind of product specific. It's, it's tied into the strategy. I, I feel like that whole discussion needs to change a little bit. And I wonder if that's part of why SMBs are saying, yeah, we're not doing this as much as maybe we thought we were. Yeah, I think to bring it back to the SMB part of this is that these companies are very small. Our study went up to the largest companies who had 249 employees, but the smallest had two. And, you know, they're probably the sweet spot in there is, you know, companies that have between, you know, two and 50 employees. And, and so they don't have these big IT departments devoted to sandbox projects with emerging tech or anything of that nature. So, so to them, you know, a lot of those smaller companies, IT really does mean, help desk, IT repair, you know, the hardware stuff, all of that. Um, so there could be a level of this emerging tech stuff is really esoteric to them as well. And, and you're right about the education component that goes with this. Um, so that may re be reflected in some of the answers here. It's like, why are you asking me about this? We really don't know right now. And, um, and that's understandable. Um, and it's, I think, a good segue to talk a little bit about, you know, how SMBs with these you know, sm small number of resources they have devoted to IT and technology staff in particular, you know, how they then make decisions around buying and who they use if they use any sort of outsourcing um, type of um, companies or third parties to help them. And we ask that question routinely. Um, and it looks like SMBs are willing to buy and do procurement anywhere. I mean, the diversification is all over the place. They'll buy directly from a vendor's website, they look at the online marketplaces from Amazon and Google and the like. Um, they'll go to their local retailer and a smaller percentage will work with IT channel companies on procurement. Um, and that's typically probably hardware, um, but maybe some software solutions as well. That number went down for the number who work with the channel to procure last year. And I'm wondering if that's because during the pandemic, a lot of them bought when they were doing this big infrastructure buy and getting their remote workers set up. They did a lot of their hardware purchasing just, you know, direct online, which would seem the easy way, have their employees go ahead and buy their new whatever they needed, a printer for their office and then expense it or whatever they needed to do. 
But what we did see is a pretty solid percentage of, uh, of the SMBs still using third parties on an outsourced basis for services. So they're looking for them to help them with other things. They might not buy the products from them, but they are using them for services. And I think that tracks with a lot of the trends that we've seen with respect to how end user companies like those in this sur survey work with outside providers. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about this so much that I think IT is becoming a lot less product centric, yeah. um, you know, and, and I just mentioned that with emerging technologies, we kind of need to end up getting to the product rather than talking about this esoteric, you know, trend of one thing or another. But I think when it comes to IT strategy, all these, ultimately the, the really important stuff is tying everything together. I think you're right that, that uh, a small company can go out there and get the product they need, whether that's hardware or software, they can kind of stand it up themselves. They can they can yeah. do what they need to do, uh, or maybe they just get a little bit of help. But the the real key for them is tying it all together and and mm -hmm. digitizing the whole operation, uh, and, and you know collecting data and becoming more data driven and and all of these things that really take them to the next level. I think that's where where they struggle, uh, and products are always going to be a part of that. And so I think we're going to have this gray area where someone that maybe previously just only brought product in the door is still playing a role, but it's not as central of a role as it used to be. Um, and, and if they want to play that central role, they need to have a different discussion. And again, you and I have kind of mentioned that so much here that it's not so much the thing that you're doing, it's the discussion that you're having with the company and how, how it's all framed and how it's all coming together. And it's a long-term play instead of just a short-term selling something and standing it up or even putting in like a recurring service if that's just monitoring or something that still may not be part of the overall strategy it may be a good thing and it may you know be really beneficial for the msp that's getting recurring revenue out of that but it's still not the broader strategic discussion that the smb might need to have and, and maybe they don't even realize they need to have it i mean back to your budget uh question the fact that so many of these think that they're spending the right amount on technology um, might hint that they're they're not they don't quite have their their head wrapped around what you really need to spend and how you need to have this discussion. And so there's just a ton of education to happen there and and consulting, which you've mentioned so many times, as being uh, a much bigger part of channel activity. So yeah. really interested to see how that evolves. I mean, I think we've got all these different data points through the survey that give us a good picture of what's happening in the SMB space, um, but but it's not clear how many SMBs are actually moving forward in, in what they truly need to do. Yeah, I think I think that's a good end, uh, way to end this is that education is, is very important. I think there may be uh, a knowledge gap between where these companies do, like you said, um, think they are with technology and where they potentially could be. And it may be just not recognizing potential, not just need, but also potential. Um, I think a lot of companies may not know what they need to be doing cybersecurity wise, and that is a need. And there's education there. And you'll do plenty of talking about that in the coming months. But then there's also the potential for, you know, a good business outcome or a way to grow revenue that maybe they're just not seeing that could be facilitated by uh, spending a little bit more in this technology area. Uh, so, you know, for, for those of you out there that want to help the SMB, I think the ed education piece is, is, is critical. So we'll keep an eye on it, but um, always a good space since most of us work there, right? That's right. <laughs>
Well, it's it's good data. I know you'll be writing a little bit about it. Yes. We have Trend Watch episodes coming up for anyone that uh, might be listening to this, you know, just on on a podcast catcher or something like that. Uh, if you want to check out our YouTube channel, uh, we have all the episodes, but we also have these Trend Watch episodes that are just real quick, short bursts of information. And the next two, I think, that are coming up are on this SMB uh, technology trend. So, indeed. Uh, yeah, uh, you, people can look forward to that. And uh, thanks, as always, to our producer, Andrew McMillan. And Carolyn, I suppose I will talk to you next time on Volume. Right. Sounds good. Bye-bye.